Impact, Income, and Influence. Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show helping you reach millions, whether that is millions in your bank account, millions of viewers, or just millions of likes. We are here to help you. And today, I have a great guest for you that has started more than 20 businesses in the last 20 years. His goal is to start one new business a year. He has one of the most downloaded podcasts on business, the 10 minute entrepreneur. And he is here in our pre-show, we were talking and he was like, I think I can answer literally any question. I can bring so much value and 20 businesses in 20 years. I bet he has seen everything. Sean, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I wanna preface audience. I told him small businesses under 500 employees. When you get into the billions, I might not quite, you know, know what to answer on a major acquisition merger like uh, Twitter right now. But anything other than that, I think I'm good. Oh, maybe we'll talk about Twitter. That might be a fun one. The, uh, you know what? I think for the listeners of this show, I think you are the perfect resource for them. So tell me where this started. I mean, 20 businesses in 20 years. So if we go back 21 years, where did this kind of start for you? I mean, I have a growth mentality in general. I was a division one college wrestler and high school state champion and played, never played a JV sport in high school. So I was athletic and I was a competitive type of person by nature. So I think some of, some of it is personality driven in that I think some people start a business and they hold on to it for dear life. It's making enough to replace their salary. And they're literally like the person like holding the steering wheel with white knuckles in an ice storm. I, I just have always felt like the best way to play defense was to score points, always just keep scoring. So to me is there's so many ways to add to an existing company. In other words, when you add a business, it doesn't mean you added a million dollar business. It means you added something that generates income, generates money and provides a value to a customer in some form or fashion. I mean, that's what a business is in its most simplest form. You provide something to someone and they pay for it. There you go. So if you can't think of something in a 12-month period, it's a complementary fit, you know, fit with what you're offering. To me, that you're, you're not, you're being very, um, you know, you're just assuming your business is going to be around forever. And I'd like to introduce you to my friends, J.C. Penny, Circuit City, Blockbuster Video, Sears. That's a... I don't think anybody, some people listening to this won't even know who some of those businesses are, which is what's crazy. But okay, so I have, I've, first off, I think an example of that would be a podcast, right? If you can monetize a podcast and add that to your existing business, it'll bring in some revenue. That, that's a, that's a business. I mean, you brought you obviously, you know, it, it, it has a re, I always say it has a value component and a revenue component. Cause if it doesn't have a revenue component, it's a hobby and that's okay. I played golf this morning. It's a hobby. I have a golf game. That is a hobby. Um, that's fine. But then I have countless things that are income related. You know, like I, I started a the perfect example that is like, okay. I started a direct mail magazine, 22 years ago. Now I could have held on to that for dear life. This is a perfect example. It was in Charlottesville, Virginia, and I had a territory. But then within three months, I expanded that territory. So I did two magazines in my first printing. I did I split Charlottesville into an east and a west. Now there was people that had been here before me. They could never even get east off the ground. Literally, they had three people prior to me and they could never get that off the ground. But my first time I got two off the ground because I figured 
everybody wanted all of Charlottesville and you had to do kind of an east and west the way it's laid out. So I immediately think growth. Instead of just one, I started with two. Within five years, I had 21 cities. We went to more homes than the Sunday Washington Post. So each one of those cities were a company in and of its themselves. So every year I would set a goal to recruit a publisher and to expand to another city. It was just the way my mm -hmm. mind worked is that I, I'm going to do this every year. And then sometimes I get somebody earlier in the year and I could add a second person. But when, it, you know, five years in, I had 21 cities, 21 companies. Within, awesome. you know, that's just one simple way to do it. So I can hear some of my my listeners heads exploding because they're struggling to get their first business off the ground, right? They're, they're getting to the point where maybe they're making like 40 or 50, maybe 70 K in revenue, or maybe they've even broke six figures. They've hit a hundred thousand dollars or they're in their first year. And they're just trying to figure out like, how do I get my core business going before I add anything else to it? What kind of advice would you give to somebody in that situation? You know, probably not going to like to hear what I have to say, but I'll say it anyway. For my first year doing that magazine, I'm not sure if I personally made $10,000. I grew because I knew I knew on the, the only way I would ever make the money that I really wanted to make is I had to make a sacrifice initially. So I put a lot of all the money back in to bring in on these other publishers. And then, you know, a few years in, I got paid you know, exponentially on the back end. And I did part-time things that would allow me to make extraordinary, you know, good money for my time commit. Like I, I sold cars my first month selling cars. I made $5,138. Well, 22 years ago, that's not a bad monthly check to go towards my business. I created a work schedule where I didn't come to work till three o'clock. Mm -hmm. And then when I sold a car, I got to go home. Well, they thought it was funny. Like I was going to go home after I sold a car. I knew I was going to sell a car every night. I'd never sold cars before, but I didn't know how I couldn't sell anything in four hours. And I did. I sold a car every night and I was their top salesperson. And that gave me the seed money to keep doing my magazine. So sometimes I think one of the bigger mistakes we make is we quit our job to start a business. And I tell you, I think sometimes you have to earn the right to quit your job. It has to be an incentive. And so I, mean, I think that's, I, I, yeah, I like that a lot. The um, one of the things that I tell people, I quit my I quit my job, but I had money in the bank at over a hundred thousand dollars saved up. And then I went, I, that money was supposed to last me. I figured a year and a half. I was through that money with inside of three months um, because I had spent to build. Luckily, I mean, I, I had friends who, who were very supportive and helpful. Nobody gave me money, but people helped me do things. But that first year was so stressful. And I wouldn't recommend that to anybody. I think you're start a side hustle, figure out how to carve out 10, 15, 20 hours a week that you can spend to build it and don't expect it to be profitable until year two or three. I think that is a much better roadmap. And I think a lot more people would have success. Why do you think my, that begs the question, why do you think people are like, I need to be a millionaire in three months? Where do you think, like, how do you think to balance smoke, those two. I think they smoke a great deal of pot. I don't smoke it, but it, clearly you, something is delusional. I think that number one is this entrepreneur is kind of like such a fantasy. You know, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, Bill Gates or all these, like you're going to start these billion dollar companies. I mean, I'd like to share with you an extraordinary statistic. You have a better chance of being a brain surgeon if you're in med school. Why? Because they have schools that turn out 
brain surgeons. They have a routine. They had to eliminate you before you get in too deep. And so, but when you get to a residency, they, they've kind of got you pretty much, you can do it. In entrepreneurship, any of us could quit our job tomorrow and start a business. Like there's nobody, there's not like a board out there that goes, hey, you're a schmuck. You've been a schmuck pretty much for most of your life. You have no discipline. Uh, you have an idea every month. And I wouldn't bet $5 on you, kind of like they would at a, at a college. Where college says to you, hey, listen, I don't think brain surgery is it. Okay, maybe this form of med- whatever the case may be. But by the time you get there, they've kind of weeded you out. So they're, the, 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 the odds of you being a brain surgeon by the time you became a resident is extremely high. In entrepreneurship, we don't have that. We don't have anybody that kind of vets you. So the problem is, is that you have people that, I would say there's kind of like three things that just kill startups and it kills them from growing. Number one is you, you have a business that was started fundamentally on a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And a bad idea means that there's no market for it, maybe for where you live, or there's no market for it in general. Just nobody's really as interested in it as you are. And that, and so you're holding on to it and you, you're waiting for it to make money. And, and sometimes you just have a bad, you have something bad and, and you can't fix it. I mean, I, okay, so let's, feelings, but that's the truth. Oh, I think it's, I think it is so true. One of the things that I tell people, I'm like, before you spend any money or do anything, you need a proof of concept and you have to test that proof of concept. So my question to you is across your 20 business, 20 businesses and 21 years of experience, what is the best way to do a proof of concept that can test something quickly? I I mean, you can, now you can run a digital ad you know, and you can have it, you know, let's say you're selling a service or something, you can create a toll free phone number that's free. I mean, you could do it cheaper now than ever, you could pre sell something example, you could launch because I did this before, you could launch a service. Okay. And you could pre like you could act like you're booked out a month already. Knowing that if we get a lot of requests, I'm going to hire somebody here in the next week to do it. I mean, all you could tell people is oh, we had just such a great response, just true. Could we schedule your estimate two weeks out? Boy, that makes them think, oh, you're great. Okay, you got all these requests. Then you just start it then. You got to start it fast. Like just picture like a a treadmill moving and it's it's moving. You have to jump on it with your feet moving. Okay, that's beta testing. You could pre-sell an item. Now make sure that you got the back end covered if you get the orders, but you could pre-sell an item. People do that all the time, pre-sell books and things of that nature. I did, I was expanding my service company to another city. So I ran postcards in that city. I did a mailbox, et cetera, address at the time because they could actually, they mm-hmm. actually gave you a street address the way they did. It was really cool. Yeah. And I had, a, I set up a toll-free phone number that forwarded to my office here. So I, everything mm-hmm. looked like I was from that area. Actually, I bought the local number. Now that I think about it, I, I think, I, think I, I bought it from like Valpac. And I did a, a like a Val pack. I did a 10,000, you know, direct mail piece to just kind of test it. And I've done, that's kind of been my go-to in service companies. I have found that in my experience, things take off fast or they don't take off at all. Or I just have that's, no, I, that might be why I have a 10 minute podcast. Hey, thanks for taking a moment to check out this episode of Grow Your Impact, Income and Influence, the number one show helping you reach millions. Have you ever thought about building your own webinar or using public speaking to reach your ideal audience? 
Well, if you'd like my help with it, over the last several years, I have built more than 40 live events for clients just like you. In the last 18 months, I've helped 32 entrepreneurs build their webinar with over $5 million in cumulative sales. If you'd like to see how I can work with you, or if you'd be interested in having me speak at your event or be on your podcast, go to steven.coffee, that's S-T-E-V-E-N dot C-O-F-F-E-E, to book a short call with me and see how we can work together. All right, let's jump back to the episode. Well, that I mean, I think you are, I think you're 100% correct. And I want to balance that to if you're starting a side hustle, and you're waiting a year for it to be profitable, you can still test it. Like, I don't want you guys to hear this and be like, wait, they just contradicted themselves. They said you need to test it out of the gate, but you need to wait a year. When you're testing it out of the gate, you're looking for response. You're looking for people to raise their hand and they can't just say, I would be interested in that because your friends, your family, your Facebook yeah. audience will tell you that sounds great. They have to be willing to pull out their credit card. These are people that are yeah. willing to buy. And, and again, when I said like a year, I just said that I did not personally take money for a year because I was working a side business selling cars. So the point is this, that I took every dime I made in my publishing business and put it back into the business. That allowed me to do two cities instead of one. Have an, I had a graphic designer at my beck and call and, and all that. So I've just, I just think you going in with two fists trying to take money out in the first year is an ambitious thought many times. Well, that's, I've always preferred so, to hire someone. I've let me just say this: anytime one of my businesses took off, I always put that money back into a, my first big hire. I always put my money. Well, you into replaced a hire. yourself exactly. The um, I, I mean, if you're if you're familiar with Michael Gerber and the E Myth, yeah, I know of course, you are. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're listening to this and you're you're like, yes, if you this is really interesting. I heard him speak at a conference several years ago. And uh, we did like a lunch with him. And one of the one of the best answers he gave pertains specifically to this. And it's the the person who starts a bakery and does it out of passion wants to be the employee. But when you are a business owner and you're approaching it as a business, the first thing you want to do is remove yourself from the business. And that's what keeping your car lot job allowed you to do. It allowed you to take the money that you were making here and put it back into hire to replace yourself and grow that business. I've seen people, I've seen people be like, well, my business is making like $3,000 a month. So if I can just get my expenses down to $3,000 a month, then I can quit my job and I'll be a full-time entrepreneur. I feel like that's a recipe for success because there's no margin for error. There's no margin no, for a bad month. There's it's a no... small mindset too. To me, it's like, okay, there's so many words in that that give me the creepy crawlies. I'm going to adjust, yeah. I'm going to minimalize my life. I mean, entrepreneurs, we think right. big. I, I don't go to a car lot and go, golly, where's the least expensive car that I can get? You know, so I can adjust my life to that. I mean, I think you got to think big a little bit and you got to work and, and not everything happens immediately. I mean, me working at that car lot, I just kind of let me explain that my boss eventually came to work for me. Okay. And Love it. number one, he, he did a city. He did my Lynchburg city. He's still a friend to this day. His wife ended up being my lead secretary for my company. So, I mean, there, there's a payoff in the end. I mean, be, having a job that if you can, if you, if you're good at something, people will pay you for it. You can negotiate a non-standard schedule. And by gosh, we've learned that over the last two years. So if ever you can <laughs> negotiate a different schedule, I mean, I think right now you could work from a hot air balloon and get away with it. 
<laughs> right. So, so, I mean, the idea that you can't create something that maybe covers, you know, a, a good deal of your expenses to me, you've got 24 hours in a day and I'm going to crush you with a massive concept. We, we look at like what we can do in a day. Are I and people talk, oh, well, I only got 365 days in a year and I've got well 250 work days. Wait, that was designed for the person who was like running a ranch in the 1800s when they had to like plow the fields. And in other words, this 365 day concept has been around since the Old Testament. Do you understand the speed in which we can do something today? We can do a Zoom call, we don't ever have to take that meeting, we don't ever have to drive to a meeting half the time anymore, right? We can do it right here we don't have to like write we can send an email we never have to go to the post office half the time you can send an email 90 percent of the time you don't have to buy stamps i mean you don't have to look anything up you can google anything right you don't have to go to a video store anymore you could download it in a second you don't have to go grocery shopping anymore you can get it delivered to you i mean i can keep going on about what how fast your life how many hours you've been given back so if mm -hmm. you can't put two days in one Shame on you. I mean, your day, you should really think of it differently. You should think of it from six in the morning till 12 noon, and then from 12 to six. You should divide your day like that because you have the, we have the productivity tools today to do that. Like nothing is the, the same way it was 10 years ago. Nothing. Everything is faster. So I, you're preaching to the choir. I have a couple questions that I want to get out there for listeners because I, so I believe in time blocking as well. The way my day yeah. goes, I get up at six, I go, I work out, I go for a run or a walk. Um, I'm in the office by 8.30, 8.30 until 11 is my personal time to work on my business. Yeah. And then 11, I start calls. I do calls through four and then four to six, I catch up for the day. Then I go home and I consume content for usually an yeah. hour at home, I have a block. Yeah. Like if you, you time block really your day, it is so helpful. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, if you time block your day, it is so helpful. It the, is because you got to know your high energy periods and that's yours from 8.30 to 11. I'm confident that that's your best peak time. And, and, I, and I have mine blocked that way. I mean, I know when my, I got to be on my A game. So let me ask you a question specifically about that. Cause I've shared this, this idea with, thousands of people. And the, the things that I hear in response are, I can't arrange my schedule that way, which I think we've already said is complete BS. Yeah. Two, it's that I don't know what to do during that time. How do you pick what goes in that time? Because you you have, I know you have a, a way to come up with that. Well, number one is you're starting a business. I can tell you exactly what puts money in the business coffers. Generally, as when you start a business, you're the number one client customer acquisition person. As a general rule, the owner typically is. I mean, I, I found that there's the greatest skill you can have is to be a salesperson as an entrepreneur. You're always selling. I, to this day, I am. I'm always trying to get that super hire that maybe I want to, I can't pay what they really want, but I need to hire them and, and things of that nature. So you should every day you should figure out how to bring in revenue. I mean, that should be your number one focus. Every single day should be how much time do I need to perform a revenue related task? Okay, mm -hmm. that, 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 That's number one. I mean, beats all, all things. That's number one. Sitting in your office and playing on your computer and doing all the things like that. Does it bring in revenue? 
That's number one. Number two is it does it grow my business? So does it make money? Does it grow my business? If you're doing things that, that, that you know is not measurable, at the end of the day, you can't attribute what you what it did. Then to me, you've probably wasted you know you wasted some time. Okay, I I love it and I agree. The feedback that I get, and I I want your thoughts on this. The it's a little bit cyclical. People say, I need a website. I need a book. I need social media. I need, I need, I need. And all of that is usually to feed what I call imposter syndrome. Like that's what it's referred to, right? I'm not a big enough influencer. Why would anyone buy from me? Why would anyone do anything? I don't have all the proof. So they're so busy trying to build proof and chasing shiny objects instead of just making sales. How would you fix somebody's mindset on that? Go get a job selling. Forget your business for a year. Go go get a sales job and become a sales professional. Go sell something. I don't think there's anything you can do more valuable. Because to me, you need to learn how to make money. You need to learn how to have your butt on the line. In other words, where you got to sell if you don't, you know, if you don't kill it, you don't eat it, you know, kind of that mindset. Um, I just think it, young entrepreneurs, I think sometimes they're, they're rushing too fast to own a business. And maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea to take a sales position somewhere. If you can sell, I guarantee you the entrepreneurship thing will take care of itself. I mean, not, first and foremost, Sean Castorina is an exceptional salesperson. Make no mistake about it. I mean, I just am. If I meet with a high level client, I don't have to try to, the reality is I don't even have to, I don't even like to say selling. I have the ability to communicate in such a way that people write me really big checks and fast. And whether they're everyday people or famous people, it's funny because I did a, you know, I did a big event with the weekend MBA with Brad Lee. And if you've ever seen Brad Lee on Instagram, I mean, he's, he's got a massive personality. And I said to them, I said, I flew to Las Vegas, sat in Brad Lee's conference room. And when I walked out, he and I were doing an event together. I said, how good do you think that sales pitch was? Right? It was a pretty damn good sales pitch. I, when I watch most people talk, about it. They, they stutter. They stutter. The point is, is that I've been doing that my whole life. I've been in sales my whole life. I've sold Cutco knives in, in graduate school. You know, if you can sell, you know, $1,000 set of knives, you can sell, you know, your business. So I think sometimes you might want to do a pre-step like the baby step startup, let's just call it that, the baby step startup. The baby step startup says, maybe you get a sales job and develop your selling ability for a year and earn a little bit of money that you can put into savings so that you you know how to manage money. Like if you learn how to sell and manage money in one year with a job, you're winning the entrepreneurship race because you just got two extraordinary skills. Well, the I mean, you're... Whereas a normal human, if we go back to kind of the start of this podcast, normal person goes to college and they are paying $100,000, yeah. $150,000 to yeah. go to college to learn a skill that takes four to five years. Yeah. If you want to shortcut your path to making a lot of money with a business, sales is the number one skill. And instead yeah. of going to college and paying $150,000, you can go get a job. And you will get paid $150,000. I don't know any good salesperson that makes less than 100K. Yeah, it, it just blows me away because I, I, I feel like that like college is four years and you pay for it when you could get paid and you can learn how a meeting gets run. 
You can watch, you're going to see people that make really good managers. You're going to see good leaders and bad leaders. You're going to see uh, conflict between employees. You're going to have to be reliable. There's so many things. I've always said, man, if I lost everything, I know this and I bet my life on this. I could go take an entry level job in a McDonald's and I would own a piece of that McDonald's within five years because I would be so invaluable to whoever did own it. Yep. That he'd, he'd give me a piece of that action. Well, the, I mean, I thought you were going to go a different direction, but I think yeah. that is a great analogy because you're, I mean, Mark Cuban says it, right? He's like, if I lost everything, I could go get a sales job and I would be back to a million dollars a year within one year because I have that skill set. And that skill set is the most valuable. Last you know question. what it is? I apologize because I say I've always said sales. I just think I'm at the point from an operation standpoint that I could run like ten franchises. <laughs> so I, I, there was a day when I would have right. I would have said sales, but now I mean honestly, when I look at like a, a I could run ten Chick Fil A's or something like that. Somebody will say crazy. <laughs> I, I, I do think I could. I'm just letting you know that I do think I could. So I, I think I could manage a, a large scale business because I do it personally in my real life. That's awesome. I mean, that is a skill set and that is yeah. not an easy to learn skill set. That just exactly. comes with time. Right. So right. the the one underlying thread that I've heard through this is learn sales. And number two is you need to have discipline. Like we haven't talked about discipline specifically, but between being a wrestler, being a superstar athlete, moving into business and time blocking your day so that you're working on your business in the morning and selling cars at night, having the discipline to put the money back in, then having the discipline to continue to grow and wait for the exponential paycheck, like the, the hockey stick that happens yeah. because you haven't taken money out. Throughout all of this, I've heard the word discipline being whispered in the background. And I think that is one of the things that is lacking the most. When, when you hear people that are like, I want to be an entrepreneur, or I've yeah. been trying for three years. Yeah. It's they lack that skill to be disciplined. What do you have a tip or a trick or a way to develop that skill? Yeah, set a goal and set a goal to do something every day and do it. Do something every day that makes you a little bit uncomfortable, whether that's you've never exercised and you're overweight right now and you know it. Well, okay. I guarantee if you lost 50 pounds, you'd probably feel better about yourself. You'd have more self-confidence and you'd be able to start a business better. That's probably hurting a few people's feelings. Uh, you know, there's so many things you have to do. You have to be able to do something that 90% of the world is not willing to do. There you go. Okay. Success is doing what other people aren't willing to do. That's it in a nutshell. I don't know what else to tell you, but it, it's it's rarely the easy thing. Again, I have I have passed up on a lot of paychecks over the years to bring in high level partners, and I've given them my paycheck so that we could scale faster. While I kept doing other business, you know, other like jobs, you know. So I think sometimes you you know you, you got to do what's uncomfortable. We we just want it to happen fast. And we want it to be. I love it. Listen, fast and easy never brings money. Okay, that is a myth. Fast, and if anything's fast and easy, they sh it's never in the same sentence. It shouldn't be in the same sentence. That's yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Nothing successful. Sean, you have given us a wealth of straight talk, getting straight to the point, and I I like it. I think people need to hear the message because it's not it's not easy doing what you love. It's not easy building a business. It's not easy being an entrepreneur. It can be hugely rewarding. You have to get right to the meat of it and you have to learn sales and you have to be disciplined.
So I want to say thank you so much. If people would like to learn more about you, tell us briefly, where can they find you? Tell us a little bit about the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Obviously quick podcast, the 10 minute entrepreneur podcast. You, we equip, encourage, and educate entrepreneurs in a very short period of time. Um, and then you just go to seancastrina.com. I mean, you'll get a free book, my eight unbreakable rules for business startup success. And we also do a couple newsletters every month that specifically deals with how to grow your business. So everything that I'm talking about is free. So just try that. And you can obviously follow me on Instagram. Um, a little over 300,000 people do. So you can do that. And I'm, I'm typically always posting something every day that helps grow your business. So there you go. SeanCastorina.com or Sean.Castorina on Instagram. Awesome. Both of those are linked in the show notes. So if you want to follow Sean, go for it. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us. I greatly appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. To everybody else out there, until next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon. Are you looking to scale your business but trying to figure out how to get your message across? Well, go to storyselling.how to grab my free course that will show you how to discover everything that you need to build your business through stories. These stories work whether it's in social media, email, or public speaking. There are five core stories that you'll learn. You'll be able to use all of them by the time you're done with this course. Again, that is storyselling.how. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to tune in next time.